No bullets are going through there. <laughs> Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. We're learning Masechus Ksubistav Kofvav. Uh, we're actually going to be going down to the Mishnah, halfway down on Chavzayin Amad Aleph. Uh, this is uh, partially Rabbi Resnick actually chose to stop there for some reason. I don't know why. But also, we're going to be adding, as mentioned, we're going to be adding a little bit more learning over the next few days in order to make sure that we can get to Shabbos to learn Sunday's block, because we're not going to learn together um, on Tisha B'Av itself. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week, I'm out of time. I'll be in Eretz Yisrael and So I'll just be sending audio recordings every day. Um, what? Probably not, just based on the logistics, but uh, you can join me, no problem. All right. Says the Mishnah, 10 lines down. <laughs> I thought that's what you were, what were you talking about? What? Yeah, no problem. Come with me. I have no problem. Okay, no problem. We'll get a tender. <coughs> Tanya, the Brisa writes 10 lines down. Same sigya. We're still discussing how we can verify that a Kohen is a miyuchas. And says the Gemara, Just like Truma can establish a Chazaka for a Kohen, so too Maiser Rishon is a Chazaka for a Kohuna. Maiser Rishon is eaten by Levim. That's a little strange. We're going to discuss that in a minute. And the Brisa continues, one who gets his portions of food from Bezdin, also a difficult line to understand. Who is the, the firmest guys in the room? <laughs> They're Dayanim. The Dayanim say you deserve a portion, then you deserve a portion. What are we even talking about? Uh, okay, so question number one, the Gemara says, is hold on one second. If Maeser Rishon goes to a lady, then how can you bring a Raya that a Kohen receives a Maeser Rishon and therefore he's a Kohen? It doesn't make any sense. Says the Gemara, what's going on here? The Tanya, the Brisa writes, Truma le Kohen, Maeser Rishon, le Levi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was of the opinion, as we classically understand, that Truma goes to a Kohen and Maeser Rishon goes to a Levi. However, Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria Omer, Maeser Rishon af le Kohen. Maeser Rishon can even go to a Kohen, not just to a Levi, but also to a Kohen. Says the Gemara, Amor da Amar Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria af le Kohen. When does he say that it's even to a Kohen? Or whenever he says that it's even to a Kohen, le Kohen vilo le Levi mi Amar. Does he say that a Kohen gets Maeser Rishon, but a Levi doesn't get Maeser Rishon? That if a Kohen gets Maeser Rishon, we can assume he's actually a Kohen from that alone. Even if you want to say that the Kohen also gets Maeser Rishon, it doesn't mean he exclusively gets Maeser Rishon. So to this, the Gemara says, in, in fact, that is the case. First long line, Ezra. So this is another sad historical notice we were talking the other night. As the Jews were leaving Babel to come back to Eretz Yisrael to rebuild the second base of Mikdash with Ezra, Ezra tried to convince any Levim to come with him, and none of them were willing. It's an unbelievable Eurisa okay, game. I'm not judging. It's just so hard to understand. It's so hard. Not one lady showed up. So Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah gave a knas that they could no longer eat the Maeser Rishon. There's only like 40,000 people like that, right? I don't know the numbers. I'm just saying they couldn't find one. <laughs> I know Levim are hard to find. I saw so Kohanim, but like couldn't find one. <laughs> that's true. We have a bunch, right? So that's what the Gemara says, Basar de Kansinu Ezra. That at that point, yes, there was a time in our history. So yeah. That, that, yeah. That what? Oh, I didn't read the whole Rashi last night, actually. Yeah. Arba 
So the Gemara says that uh, at this point in history, there were no Kohanim. There were only Kohanim who ate Maeser Rishon. And therefore, according to Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah, if a person was eating Maeser Rishon in this time period, it meant that he was a Kohen. Okay. Says the Gemara, all right, I understand where you're coming from, but Vidilma Ikru Yohavule, maybe it just happened that a Levi would have received it. And therefore, maybe there's at least a small chance that the person eating this Maeser Rishon was in fact a Levi and not a coin. So maybe it's not a Raya Brura that this person's a coin. Says the Gemara, you're right. What's the case we're talking about? What is the case we're dealing with? That the father of this person was known to be a coin. Ooh, somebody's talking in Shul. They're like, yeah, you know, that, that boy in Shul, he thinks he's a coin. He's a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza. He's a Chalal. Not a, he's not really a coin. And then what happened? And then when he's down by the granary where the Kohanim are to collect food, he picks up some Maeser Rishon. Oh, so now we understand why in this case it verified what his initial status, what I guess they, they undid the rumors. The rumors the rumors were that uh, he's Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza, Kamash Malan, that he's not because he got the Maeser. Says the Gemara, Levi, we know he's not a Levi because the Lav Levi, who a Levi can't get food down there when, when he's a Levi by the Besak Granos. And Maikal Amemer, you're going to say he's a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza? You can't say that a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza was going to receive Maeser. That makes no sense at all to receive the Maeser Rishon. And says the Gemara, distinguishing between two Shitas, Lomi Boya Lamanda Amar Maeser Rishon also Lazarm. Obviously, according to the Shita that says that Maeser Rishon is not allowed for Azar. Obviously, if a person had been a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza, he never would have received anything. A czar is not allowed to have, for sure, Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza not allowed to have. But even according to the Shita that says that Maeserishon is edible for someone who is Mutter Lazar, that's true. If Even if it's Mutter for a person to eat Maeserishon as a czar, that's true if he's like at the house. Okay, here's a little bit of my serishon. That's not possible. They would never hand it out to him. That's how we know that in this very narrow uh, sliver of history, when there was a knas on the, on the Levim at the times of Ezra, that had there been a person who was eating my serishon, by, by definition, it meant that he was a Kohen. And that's why the Gemara says by my serishon that that was the case. Let's analyze the second part of that, Bryce. So we're two-thirds of the way down, halfway through the wide lines. And the Gemara picks up on a little bit of the Bryce that we started with. Remember, we had said that if a person gets their portion of, uh, of Kohanic food from Bezdin, that it doesn't count. Says the Gemara, If by Bezdin it doesn't count, so then, what's better than Bezdin? They're the highest standard. If you get a psak from, uh, from a small-time rabbi, Okay, no big deal. But you go to the best and they give you a psak, the conversation's over. It's nothing to talk about. That's the Gemara. You're absolutely right. What case are we talking about? The case we're dealing with when we say that we don't trust the Bezdin, or not that we don't trust, but the Bezdin isn't strong enough to allow this person to be established to be a Kohen is in the following case. A person is giving out, the Bezdin is giving out food to the children of a man who died the inheritance, and he is one of the brothers, but the Gemara doesn't say this, he's only a brother from one of the mothers, and his mother is not necessarily a miucheses, and says the Gemara, so it's not necessarily the same thing, the Gemara says, 
Pshita, that should be obvious. If they have different mothers, if the cases are different, if they have different mothers, it shouldn't be the same. Says the Gemara, that since his uh, half-brothers are able to eat the Maiserisho, and maybe he should too, the ones whose mother is also a Kohen Meyuchasas, Kohenas Meyuchasas, he can eat. But but this guy whose mother is not a Kohen Meyuchasas, he should be selling it. Yes, it's assets. It's something that you get as part of your Yerusha, but you're not allowed to eat it, you have to sell it. That brings us to the two dots, five, six lines from the bottom of Chavav Meralev. The Gemara continues, Rabbi Yehuda Omrei in Malan Lechuna, Al Echad, we saw this Machlokes in our Mishnah that we learned on Shabbos, or, or it was today, maybe yesterday, not yesterday. The Mishnah that we learned on Shabbos, uh, at the bottom of Dav Chav Kim, we learned a Machlokes about how many Edim are allowed to verify that a Kohen is actually a Kohen. And we saw two Shitas that were very similar, Rashbag, Hainu, Rebbe Lazar, their Shitas are almost identical. So the Gemara is going to try and figure out what was it that their Shitas were similar about. That the question is whether or not an ear error a taina on the status of a coin can come about from one person. So that, and therefore, what would the machlokas be? The Rebbe Lazar, Savar, Ir, Erchad, the Rashbag, Savar, Ir, Er, Tre. That according to Rebbe Lazar, we could even have a concern raised about a coin, even with one aid. And Rashbag holds it has to be a minimum of two. That can't be because Ha'amar Rebbe Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, that a person is not able to have a taina on a coin unless there's two aid. One aid is not enough to have a taina. So therefore, that can't be the difference between Rashbag and Rebbe Lazar. Ella, what is the difference between Rashbag and Rebbe Lazar? Says the Gemara, a very lengthy case, but we'll get to, it's not complex, it's just a lot of words. Uh, and that is as follows. What's the case that we're dealing with? The Machlokes Rebbe Lazar and Rashbag. There's a particular person, let's, let's say his name is Chaim. We know his father's a Kohen. And then we heard a rumor about Chaim, that he was a Ben Grusha Ben Chalusa. And we demoted him from his status as a proper Kohen to uh, an invalid Kohen. And then, and then an aide shows up and says, actually, I know he's a Kohen. And because we now have Edus, then we promoted him yet again. He's now able to be a Kohen. And then, then two Edim come along, then we have two Edim come and say, no, Chaim is actually a Ben Grusha, Ben Chalutza. And then, we demote him yet again. And then we have one more aid that shows up and says that he's a Kohen. Now, in this flow of events, there are two Edim that don't give Edus at the same time but they have the same edus. So the flow of events was, he's a good Kohen, he's a bad Kohen, he's a good Kohen, he's a bad Kohen. He's, all right? So we have a lot of different testimonies. The two Edim who said he's a good Kohen were single Edim that gave their testimony one at 3 p.m. and one at 5 p.m., let's say, the dogma. So the Gemara, the Gemara now says, sorry, third line, with the Kuli Alma Mitzdarf in the edus. Everyone agrees that you're allowed to be Mitzdarf edus from the single aid from the Eid Echad who gave testimony at three o'clock that this guy is not a Ben Grusha Ben Chalitza. And with the guy who gave testimony at five o'clock, no problem at all. We can add them together. So what's the Machlokes? Here, the Gemara is looking through a political window and we're saying, is this a zilzal of a Bezdin for them to keep flip-flopping on their Shita? Once a Bezdin demotes a Kohen from good status of Kohen to bad status of Kohen, they first embrace the rumor 
that uh, that Chaim was a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutz, and they said you can no longer do the Avoda. So then Lo then we don't promote him. That's the Shita of the Tanakama. However, Verashbag Savar, and also Rabbi Lazar, Verashbag Savar of Shim Ben Gamliel has a little bit of a different Shita. Savar, we're the ones who demoted him, and we're also going to be the ones who promote him. Whatever the Edus says is what we do. We're not looking through a political window. We're not concerned about the image of the Bezdin. Fascinating. Just think, just think about the implications here. According to the initial Shita of Rebbe Lazar or the Tanakama, we're concerned that the Bezdin will look like they're flip-flopping. And because of that concern, once we demote a Kohen, we cannot reinstate a Kohen. Which means that even though we have Edus that indicates that the Bezdin made an error, we will not change our ways. That's the Shita of Rebbe Lazar. We will not change because of Zilusa de Beidina. We're afraid that the integrity of the Bezdin will be put into question. So that's a political window question. It's not a halachic issue per se, because halachically speaking, there are witnesses that testify that this guy is a valid Kohen. And the other Aidim who said that he's a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza were wrong. But out of concern for the Bezdin looking like it has a lack of integrity, we shut that down and we say, sorry, you can no longer do the Avod and the Beis HaMikdash because of the Zilusa de Beidina. Rashbag says, no way. Rashbag says, we are a halachic Bezdin. People will be able to see above the fray. They're not going to be worried about the flip-flopping of the Shitas. And therefore, if we get an Edus that says he's a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza, we demote him. If we get Edus back that says he's fine, we promote him. We always follow whatever the Edus says, all the way to the bank, even if it makes the Bezdin look a little a little, uh, a little, uh, weak. A fascinating machlokas. What? It says the opposite. What's the opposite? No, it says the opposite of the basin being weak. Oh, that's that's, that's direct, so yeah, you're yeah. you're a party line with Rav Shem and Ben Gamliel. Yeah, yeah. It's not so simple. Wait, 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 Great question. It looks like I mean I'm kind of reading into the words a little bit in Rashi Di third line to Chayshina Lizilusa de Beidina Shehoriduhu Shnei Pe'amim. It seems like they this Bezdin. See again, it's a, not a very good deal, but it could it, it seems to be that it's the same same Bezdin. Also probably true, but his question still stands. You know, but his question still stands. I mean, we have, we've already seen Gemaras if it's a city with two Bateidin versus a city with one. Yeah, Lamaise, it's probably talking about the same Bezdin. I'm just guessing. A, a partially uneducated guess. But it's a fascinating machlokas. Like, when do we allow politics to interfere with the halachic process? The image of the Bezdin is, is crucial. We, we always have to be machshav of Bezdin. And all of a sudden, you know, oh, this happened during COVID. How, how could you stay open? How could you close? <laughs> Everybody's in Russia, you know? So these things came up in the OU. We dealt with this extensively. People, the emails that the, and we're one organization, the emails we got about, can you please uh, dismantle that you think we run the best in in your city? <laughs> we don't run any budget in. That's not the job of the OU. Okay, we, people are people. So they sent in funny emails. We, we, we laugh about them behind the scenes. Fantastic. I got a good one today. I'll tell you later. I know. I guess I got to stop talking now. I'm going to go. Now I have to edit my first video. My first video in a thousand. I've never edited. I'm still not editing. I'm sorry if you sent that email. Okay. Maski Vlaravashi. If you're going to have a political consideration, who cares about the case of Eid Echad? If you have a political concern, then you have political, who cares what 
what does it, it's a politics question, it's not a halachic question. Says the Gemara, you're right. Really fundamentally, what are Rashbag and Rabalaz are dealing with? They're talking about combining one aid and another aid echad into one testimony. It's connected to the following Machlokes Tanaim. You're not allowed uh, to combine edus until the two of them appear as one. So says uh, Rashi. They have to kind of seemingly be there at the same time. And Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha Omer, this is true, even if it is uh, in sequence that we still accept their Eidus. The next part of the Bryce reads in the Tanakhama's name, and their Eidus is not Miskayemes, but Ke'echad. That uh, they have to be giving testimony together. Reb Nasan Omer Shomin Dvarav Shelzeh Hayom Uchshiyavu Chaver Lamachar Shomin Dvarav. When do we join together? Adam, okay, even a day's even a day's gap is not too much of a gap. Remember that there's Drisha Vechakira. Where let's just talk about Kiddush Chodesh for just a moment. Where was the where exactly was the moon relative to the sun? How close was it to the horizon? How many degrees off the the equator? Whatever the questions were. So the, says the says Rashbag. He's basically a party line with Reb Nasan. So they that that's the Machlokas. The Gemara concludes this way: the Machlokas Rashbag and Reb Lazar is whether or not we allow Hitzarfus of two separate Ede Echad. That's a, that's the Shiloh that they're dealing with. Rashbag is a Mekel. I guess, or Machmir. Rashbag, who's got to say it? Rashbag allows uh, a two aid echads, aide echad to have separate aides combined, and Rebbe Lazar does not. The new Mishnah reads a little bit more than halfway down on Chavav and Mabez. We're going to the next Mishnah, which is halfway down on Chavzayin and Aleph. Says the Gemara, Ha'isha shenech kochavim. If a woman, this is not the case that she's uh, captive, she was put in prison. So let's say a woman's put in prison, and the you know the warden and all of the people who work there are ovde kochavim. So mamon. If the reason she's in jail is because of money, muteres labayla. We don't assume she'll be violated if the reason she was put in jail is because her family owed money, because we assume. I guess there was an understanding at that time that if a woman was violated, it would change the dynamic between her and her husband, especially if he's a coin. Uh, but even if not, and they would not violate her. If it was about money and the goyim wanted the money, the akum wanted the money, then they would not violate her. And we can therefore assume halachically muteris labayla. But al-yadei nefashos, if she was put in there because of nefashos, we'll see at the end of the Gemara today what that means. But basically, if she's there for a life sentence, then they don't care about her. And then asur labayla, then they, we assume that she was violated. The Gemara opens with a qualification. This is true in a, in a time where the Jews were takif on ovde kochavim. Basically, it means where the Jews had an independent government. But in a case scenario where the akum, where the goyim were in charge, then even had it been that the reason she was in jail was only because of money and not because of nefashos, a couple of moments ago, we said in the Mishnah that that if it's because of money, we assume that they won't violate her. That's only true when the Jews are in charge. But when the Ovdei Kochavim are in charge, then we assume that even if she was arrested because of Mamon, we assume she was violated in prison. And then she'd be Asur Labayla. We're going to see right now Masiv Rava. The Gemara says it's a question of Rava. Really, we're not sure what happened with Rava. And we have three versions of Rava. This is the first version the Gemara presents of Rava. We're eight lines from the bottom of the page on Chavavim Adbez. Masiv Rava. He asks a question. <laughs> 
Hey, Reb Yossi Akoin, Reb Zachari ben Akatzav, Albas Yisrael, Shehur Hena Ashkelon. The word Shehur Hena means that she was used as collateral. It's not exactly the most pleasant usage of a person, but she was used as collateral. The mob came along and they said, oh, oh, you don't have your money? No problem. Give me your wife and uh, you can have her back when you pay. So what do we do in that case in Ashkelon? Uh, the, seemingly the family, her family was concerned because when she was actually freed after they paid back the money and they got the woman back, her family distanced themselves from her. But but there were eight and they were apparently there watching, I guess today's version of a camera, and she was not violated. The Chachamim called a family meeting and they said, you're not treating her the right way. If you are willing to believe the fact that she was given as collateral, uh, then the witnesses saw that she was used as collateral. The witnesses also saw that she wasn't violated. And if you're not willing to believe that she wasn't alone with a man and she wasn't violated, then you also shouldn't believe that she was used as collateral, but we know she was. Says the Gemara, what's the question based on this b'risa? Ashkelon, at that time in history, it was the goyim who were in charge of that particular property. Now, if you'll recall from a few lines ago, we had said as a qualification of our Mishnah in the name of Rav, that when the non-Jews are in charge, even if she's only arrested because of finances, we assume she was violated and therefore a surah labayla. And what's the diuk? The katani we have in this b'risa. What did we learn? Top of Chavzayin Amad Aleph, that hur hena'in. And what does that imply? That nich b'shalosh, she would not be a surah to her husband had she been imprisoned. At least that's the diuk from this b'risa. So which one is it? Do we say that when the ovdei kochavim are in charge, that a woman is always assumed to be violated if she's put in prison or not. It says the Gemara, who adin afilu Really, the, the example of the Brisa could have been Nechbasha as well. Why did the Brisa use the case of Hurhana that she was taken as collateral and not the case of Nechbasha? Because now we made an incorrect inference. It says the Gemara, that's just what the that's what happened in the story. It's not, it wasn't meant to be uh, for a duke. You know, sometimes there's a, a phrase or a story or a concept that's meant for an inference. This is not that. In this case, we fairly assume that the reason why the case was Nechbesha, well, the reason why the case was Horhana, the Bryce at the bottom, the Bryce that Rabbi brought in the name of Rabbi Yossi the reason why it was the case of Horhana, because that's actually what happened. It wasn't a theoretical case. It's what happened, and it got codified in a Bryce. All of this is version number one of Rava as it relates to our qualification in the Gemara. So let's see another version on the top of Chavzayin Amar Aleph on the second line. Instead of Rava bringing this as a question on Rav, he brings it as a raya to Rav. How so? And the Gemara now quotes the whole Brisa in full again. There was a woman who was put into prison in Ashkelon. And her family distanced themselves from her when she was brought back to her family. They thought she was violated. However, however, all the Edom who were there, they uh, they said that nothing happened with her. And they said to the family, you're not being fair. You should trust this woman. It's, it should be the case. Stop treating her like she's a second-class citizen. I says the Gemara, in that case, it was because of money. And the reason why we passed into the way that we did is because there was Edim 
the halacha would be different. My love, maybe we should say that there's no difference between a woman who's being held as collateral and a woman who's being put into prison. Lo, not correct. The case of Horhana is in fact different. And Horhana, we're going to be uh, potentially lenient, but when the Ovde Kochavim are in charge, we're not going to be lenient as it relates to a case of Nechbesha where she's in prison. And for the final presentation of uh, Rava, we're about uh, a quarter of the way down on Chavzayin. Some say that this was, in fact, posed as a question, similar somewhat to Masiv Rava as we started with on the bottom of Chavav Mebez, but not quite the same. Tanan, what does our Mishnah say? That's our Mishnah. Our Mishnah assumes that a woman who was arrested and put into prison because of money that she owes, we assume that they will not violate her. Hold on one second. Or a minhu, we have a conflicting source, which is the Brisa from Rabiosi. Rabiosi, this time, Bichule, the Gemara doesn't quote the whole Brisa, but we've learned the story twice already. Asks the Gemara about Ashkelon Mamon. In Ashkelon, even by Mamon, we should assume that she was violated. And answers the Gemara. It depends. One Brysa, the Brysa of our Mishnah is where we assume, like Rob made the qualification that we're talking about a case where the Jews are in charge. And when the Jews are in charge, if a woman is arrested because of money, we don't assume that she will have been violated. Masha'en came the Brysa of Reviosi, which speaks about Hurhina, that Brysa was talking about a time when the Ovde Kochavim were in charge. And for the last little bit of tonight, we had said in our Mishnah, what about the case of Ayodei Sasura, that if a woman was arrested under the threat of uh, punishment of death, she was arrested with capital punishment. So then what do we assume that to be the case? Amarab, Kigo Noshe Ganve, the wives of thieves. And we assume that Noshe Ganve, that uh, this particular woman is going to be Mufkar once her husband is punished. The Levi Amar, Kigon Ishto Shel Bendunoi. This is the wife of Bendunoi. He was a murderer. And the wife of Bendunoi had this halachic status that, uh, that she was basically Mufkar. And we assumed that people would violate her. However, it's not just that they have to be arrested. They also need to have a verdict. Uh, or I should say this is a machlokas. When do we say that a woman is treated as though she was violated when her punishment is capital punishment? That's only after she has the final jury, the final judge's decision or the jury's decision. But it has to be a final psaq. Even if there isn't a final psaq, that she's in fact guilty. But once she's in prison for such a claim, we assume her guilt to be absolute. And therefore, we assume that she was violated and assured to her husband. We'll stop right here, Mirza Shem, tomorrow. Tomorrow night, we'll pick up right here at this new Mishnah on Chav Zayin Amad Aleph, and uh, we'll try to overlearn a little bit, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to push, see how far we get. Wishing you all a beautiful night.